This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we're previewing Back at Bates, the virtual homecoming and parents weekend taking place all this week online. Plus, the Department of Athletics named basketball players Megan Graff and Jeff Spellman the Athletes of the Year. We'll catch up with them and hear from their coaches coming up on the Bates Bobcast. This week, experience the beauty of campus and the power of our community through our virtual 2020 Homecoming and Family Weekend. You can connect with fellow alums and parents and learn more about life at Bates during this historic time with Back at Bates. Here's more on all the exciting events taking place online this week. Happy to have Eric Fouché, the Associate Vice President for Advancement at Bates, with us here on the Bobcast to talk about Back at Bates, which is this week, uh, this weekend, the big days, October 2nd, October 3rd. There's some stuff going on during the week as well, though. So a lot happening this week for our virtual uh, homecoming, virtual parents also weekend getting involved as well and so there's a lot going on with back at Bates obviously with the pandemic Eric everything's changed so how did this process come together and at what point did your team realize hey we need to go virtual this year and make it back at Bates as opposed to back to Bates yeah thanks Aaron yeah no uh, good afternoon to you I uh yeah so the team really you know when things uh, the pandemic hit last spring and we were sent off campus I think our, our thinking began right then because I think we were looking ahead to what was what was coming. And um, the first pivot obviously was into a very successful virtual reunion weekend last spring. So we, we built off of that momentum um, to sort of see where we could, you know, transform back to Bates weekend. And as the plans really unfolded for the fall, we knew we had to do something and we wanted to keep sort of the core of, you know, building community, bringing both student, parent and alumni perspectives to the weekend, make sure people could connect um, see some engaging programming and try to transform that into a virtual moment, knowing that we couldn't bring people back to campus, unfortunately. So, and the name switched a little bit too. So instead of back to Bates, we, you know, said back at Bates, what's happening back at Bates and let people in. Excellent. And so obviously it's for parents, it's for alumni, but so what should maybe parents be most excited about seeing? What should alumni be most excited about seeing? Cause you have a lot of obviously programming on tap. So for parents, since you know the parents are always accustomed to coming to campus and, and seeing their son or daughter, um, you know we have a couple of great networking opportunities uh, for current parents so that they can just meet other parents uh, for the most part. Um, not only hear about what's going on on campus, but actually meet some of the parents that an element that they are, you know, is really missing um, this year for them. Um, and we also have some, you know, really fantastic panel discussions to really I don't know, showcase and share perspectives on how the fall is going and how their students and the campus is faring during this time. For alumni, we can see uh, people like Jason Perkins, 97, with Allagash and Jeff Tulis, 72, professor of government at the University of Texas. They're also giving us a glimpse into the semester. And I think you'll really enjoy those tailgating segments and, and, and just a time to catch up with people. We will hear from the president um, on, uh, I think that's Saturday morning. So um, I would tune into that just to hear the state of the college, both alumni and parents. Obviously a very interesting time, certainly in the, in the college's history right now and uh, in, in the country as a whole. So that should definitely be interesting. A big highlight 
from a sports perspective, because this is a sports podcast, right? Bates podcast, we, we talk sports all the time on here. So from a sports perspective, we're re-airing the Bates voted football game from last year, night game at Garcelon Field. Eric, what do you personally remember most from that night? Because we had the Cats Carnival before the game, and then we had the actual the win over Bowden. Well, the, the biggest thing I take away is beating my alma mater, Bowden. And uh, so the, the Bobcats taking down my alma mater and just the, the amount of energy and excitement on the field and the, the student energy around that evening was just tremendous and um, a big moment under the lights. And uh, that was just terrific. I actually know you were a Bowden alum. So what's that like? Been working don't, at Bates don't hold it against me, Aaron. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> what's that been like, though? I'm curious, working at Bates for many years after having gone to Bowden for college. Bates is tremendous. It's, yeah. um, you know, the, the schools have a lot of similarities, but I think, um, you know, the community and um, just the environment at Bates is, is outstanding and uh, couldn't be happier. My daughter goes here as well, and so she'll be a junior this year. So it's terrific. Couldn't be more pleased. Excellent. What would make a successful back at Bates, in your opinion? Like when you're looking back on this after this weekend, evaluating how everything went, what are you, you kind of looking for in terms of what, what's going to happen this weekend to have it be a success? I just hope people tune in for some or all of the weekend. I hope people take the opportunity to try to reconnect. And, you know, that sense of, that sense of community we just mentioned, I think if we could recreate that in some way and bring people together in, in, in those moments – I think that would be really successful. Um, you know, there's a lot of great things happening on campus. The campus, um, you know, is open. All the students are back. Um, things are going tremendously well with the, the COVID response. Um, I think it's a vibrant campus. The faculty are engaged. The school is going really well. And I think, um, you know, I just want people to have that sense of how, how proud they should be of the college and, 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 and come back with us. I know current students are involved with this event as well, right? They're involved in some of the segments for Back at Bates. Um, you know, what, what, what should current students be excited about seeing and, and, and possibly being involved with this weekend? So current students, I think, you know, they should take advantage of some of the networking actually through the Friends of Bates Athletic and some of the sports teams, um, you know, swimming and diving, women's lacrosse, um, men's lacrosse. They're all having um, different sessions, a lot of networking, not only for career focus, but just, just to engage with those alums, hear about what, you know, those various teams or what athletics is meant to them. So I think that's a great, um, a great opportunity for students to, to, to connect in that way. I think, um, uh, you know, men's lacrosse even has a life after Bates with Sam Francis, 17, who, who has a current role with the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think there's just some really interesting moments. Um, you know, we'd love to have students involved here. Um, like continue that tradition. If they have a moment to jump online, they, they might even see one of their parents or whatever. So I think um, that would be a terrific. And I, you know, I think there's a concert as well being planned that's open to alumni and students. A Boston band that I know that the students are really hyped up on. And I think it, it'll, be a, it'll be a different having a, a, you know, a sort of a virtual dance and concert online. But I think that'd also be a fun moment for them. Yeah, Sam Francis, you mentioned him as class of 17, if I recall, and uh, talked to him many times when he was here playing football and men's lacrosse for the Bobcats and now uh, shining as the lone analytics guy with the Bengals. So he has a lot of responsibility. I know. There, so. it's, a, it's a very cool job. So 
that, that should be excellent with San Francis. And then everyone needs to register, right? That's what I think we're really trying to emphasize right now is if you want to participate in these events, whether you're a student, alum, or parent, you got to go to the website and register, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Go on, on. It's free. There's no cost involved, but please just register so we can track who's attending and it gives you access to all the events or all the virtual events. For this event, I mean, what was the most fun part of this event coming together? And maybe what was the most challenging part, perhaps? Well, I mean, I think, you know, just the challenging part is just trying to translate what, you know, people love to do in person into a virtual experience and making those virtual moments enticing enough that people um, will jump on with us and connect and, and recreating that, those, that connection, um, you know, with those sort of networking events or, um, you know, the parent events where you can meet other parents. Those types of things, I think, are, is, is kind of is challenging. Um, and obviously, you know, most of the, of the world and, and the business world is also on, we're on Zoom meetings a lot. So I hope you'll just uh, take advantage of one more Zoom meeting or two and, and, and join us. Um, so, you know, but I, I, think, I think it'll be a fantastic week, really. I mean, thing, programming starts as early as today with some things and goes all week. So I hope people, you know, will note that it's not all condensed into a day of your life and you can space it out and pick and choose. But I, but I hope you'll, you'll come to see what's happening back at Bates. Terrific. And then for Friends of Bates Athletics in general, I know you're very involved with that. You know, we don't have any sports going on right now, unfortunately, but what are some goals from that perspective that you're looking at that Friends of Bates Athletics is looking at to keep the alumni engaged here as we move forward? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, though, you know, sports aren't, you know, at least the fall sports are not playing games and matches. Um, you know, all the teams are out um, practicing, um, trying to train hard as a team, trying to get better with their individual skills or team skills. I think the coaches have them on some pretty regimented um, training schedules in terms of getting together in, in you know, in clusters um, to lift weights, do cardio, and then work on those individual skills. And, you know, we're really trying to make sure that the mental health of our athletes, you know, are as, as well as the whole campus community, but the athletes specifically, since they can't compete, you know, they're staying focused and, you know, hopefully just they're working individually and as teams to build for the future and come back stronger and better and more unified as teams. And I think, I think that's, I won't speak for Jason Fine, the AD, but I think that's sort of the, the goal and sort of from friends of Bates athletics. I, you know, I hope people will, you know, connect with the teams, see what's going on, hear from the, the students and give their advice on their careers and futures um, and help them navigate this, this, this time, this challenging time. And at the same time, I hope we continue to support athletics. Um, there's lots going on still. Um, hopefully winter or spring will happen um, for, for those teams. Um, but if not, you know, we want to come out on the other end as, as stronger Bobcats and I guess take down the polar bears and other places uh, again. Certainly. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention about the back at Bates that we haven't gotten to talk about that you want to emphasize? There's a Be Well program, fitness and wellness on Saturday. There's fitness opportunities. You can do that. There's a fun virtual photo booth that I would encourage everybody to take advantage of. I mean, you can say hello to someone, you can thank someone, you can leave a message on that. So that's a fun and exciting feature. Um, certainly show off your Bates uh, swag if you have it. The Bates store has um, back to Bates care packages. If you want to send your student um, a care package, it's very reasonably priced. They get some cool uh, swag items through that. And that, again, I would just go back to your point earlier is 
It's important um, to participate in all those virtual events that you need to register on the website. That's Bates.edu backslash back at Bates. Um, and we really certainly hope everybody can take, take advantage and join us. Excellent. Eric Fouché, Associate Vice President for Advancement. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast and previewing all the excitement we have coming up this week and this weekend in particular for Back at Bates. Thanks again. All right. Go Bobcats. A reminder to head to Bates.edu slash Back at Bates to register for access to all the events. And of course, it's all free. And more excitement this week. The Department of Athletics has announced its major awards for the 2019-2020 academic year. You can find all the award winners on GoBatesBobcats.com, but on the Bobcast, we're chatting with the female and male athletes of the year. Women's basketball's Megan Graff is the female athlete of the year. She led the NESCAC in scoring with 18.2 points per game and tallied the fourth highest number of points in team history for one season. Her 45 points against Williams last season are a Bates record. As a team, every year we're just trying to improve as a program, whether that's like shown through wins, scoring, all that. But um, I think one of our top goals was to try and make playoffs this year. And throughout our season, that's kind of what was driving us to improve, win games. And yeah, we made playoffs this year. I think we didn't perform as well as we did during our playoff game. And that was kind of a bummer, but it was nice to see that um, from my freshman year to my sophomore year, how much we improved um, that allowed us to make playoffs. What were the most memorable games for you last season? I, I have a guess, but <laughs> for your most memorable games, perhaps. Oh, uh, let's see. I think the first time we played Colby was a really fun game. We had a bunch of overtime games this year. We had overtime, I think, with Middlebury, Williams, and maybe one more, I can't remember. But yeah, both those games were really fun. Definitely one of my better individual performances um, in the Williams games, which will be fun to look back at. But I think, um, yeah, those overtime games are always fun because it, I feel like it's like during that overtime, it's always like, all right, who's got the most energy here? And yeah, it was just a fun challenge. Well, that Colby game you mentioned, that was another overtime. Uh, you had those fr that free throw at the end there to get, uh, give the team the lead. But that was a game where you were down by four, the just a few seconds left. I mean, but Al I just actually talked with Coach Montgomery. She said the team never had a doubt in their mind they are going to win that. What do you recall about the final seconds there of regulation in that one? Um, yeah, that's – now that you say it, that's got to be my, one of the best games that I've played in. Um, well, I think – Obviously, we're down for with maybe like 30, like 10. I don't know. I don't know how much time was left. But um, once we got them to turn over that we got them to get that five second violation, we were like, all right, like we have the momentum here. Like we're winning this, even though we were still down two with like 10 seconds left. I also think we we so we scored. We got a quick bucket right before that. And then their coach called a timeout. Right then we were like, oh, like we have the momentum right now, like force a turnover and get a quick um, basket. And yeah, I don't know. Wow, that game was fun. Absolutely. And, and the Williams game has to be kind of bittersweet for you because you set the program record for points in one game, but the team actually ended up losing that particular game. But for you individually, I mean, 45 points. What was clicking there? <laughs> Everything, I guess. Uh... <laughs> Well, I feel like I would have taken the win over scoring 45 points any day uh, just because um, every win we could have 
could get at that chance would um, put us in playoff position. Definitely bittersweet, though, because it was overtime and every overtime game like that was just a really back and forth game all along. Like, I think there were so many lead changes. I don't really know how to explain how I was feeling that game. I think I was just like had the hot hand. Um, Some games people just like can't miss. And I guess that was one of them. Uh, It was a really fun game to play in, though, just because it was very competitive I think we were like similar style teams. We love to like a very fast paced push and transition, um, have some shooters on the team. So yeah, that was just, that was bittersweet. Um, definitely some personal accomplishments there, but uh, I would choose a win over them any day. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. What are some of your thoughts maybe on being named the, the female athlete of the year, what it means to you? Yeah, I think it's a really nice recognition to get. It's cool. I'm happy with it, I guess. I I just feel like I want more like team accomplishments. Like I want to be like have, be a conference champion or um be like the top defensive team in our conference or something like that. So like this is a don't get me wrong, like this is a great accomplishment, but I think like when I look when I look back on my four years playing at Bates, I will hope to have some type of um, team accomplishment with that too. So like I said, like hopefully a conference championship. Yeah, and you, so you still got a few more years for that. Right now, obviously, kind of a, a very weird time. Everyone's yeah. discussing this. From a basketball perspective, what are you doing to, to maintain, your, maintain your game for when you do end up returning to campus as a member of the Bobcats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm taking a year off and obviously like a lot of time. I got on my hands right now, but I'm definitely still very much so involved with basketball. I'm actually coaching a team, an AU program. I'm coaching um, eighth, ninth grade girls team, which is really great experience, I think. Um, It's just fun to be around coaching and as well as keeping up with my knowledge with basketball. And with that, I get a lot of access to a gym, which... I mean, at this point in time, I can't complain because I think gym accessibility is very difficult. So um, I will be coaching. I will be playing basketball. And I um, have a few people that I train with. And I'm really hoping to just, like, um, take make the most out of how much time I have right now and commit myself to um, staying in a rhythm and routine of playing basketball as well as making some money, saving some money. So yeah, it's it, it's an exciting time for sure. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of things right now. So I'm just trying to make the most of it. Have you asked Coach Montgomery for any tips on coaching? I mean, is this your first time coaching? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. She is my go-to. Um, this is my first time. I've worked a lot of camps and stuff there where I'm coaching kids, but I've never really had my own team. And honestly, it's, it's, definitely challenging and it's pushing me but I love it like I'm really glad I am doing this and right before my first practice I actually which was a few weeks ago I um, talked to coach Montgomery to have some advice give me some drills to use give me some tips and yeah so she will definitely be in my back pocket throughout my me figuring out this coaching process. 
Yeah, I figure, you know, being a coach will probably help you become a, a better player, I imagine, right? I mean, how do you see that in terms of uh, seeing it from the other side, sort of, right? Yeah, um, I was. it's funny, I was just saying, so I had my first games this weekend, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like every player's dream. Like, I get to complain to the refs as much as I want coaching. <laughs> incredible but um besides that it's awesome I think it's keeping me in touch with a lot of fundamentals that um it's like when you start doing something for so long I think you can lose touch with a lot of the basics and reteaching that to younger kids and um teaching them like the consistency with that is definitely um just like making me become more aware of the basics and the fundamentals. And also, um, I think there's something special about having to um, like articulate and coach and teach um, players in a way for them to understand it. And I think that will just um, allow me to improve as a player, um, my knowledge of the game and like um, just being a leader and stuff. So yeah, I'm definitely learning. I think I'm teaching and coaching these kids, but I'm learning at the same time along with them. So it's really cool. Great. Well, any other thoughts on this past season and what you're looking forward to, you know, in the future here? I'm really excited um, for the future outlook of our team. Obviously, everything's up in the air right now with what's going to happen this season. But um, after our 2019 to 2020 season, uh, just I saw like a ton of improvement, but also things that we need to improve on and work on as a team. And every year we're just trying to grow. We're just trying to be better. And we're bringing in kids that will only make it easier for us to um, accomplish our goals and stuff. So I just, every year, I just see it as we're going to be better and better and better. And that's just super exciting to me. I hope that even though I won't be playing in it, I hope that they get some type of season for everyone's sake, especially for Julia, our senior. But um, I don't know. It's so hard to tell right now what's going to happen. Who knows? We might just be preparing for, or I should say they at this point, they might just be preparing for the following year's season, not this upcoming season. So interesting times for sure. But Megan Graff, our female athlete of the year. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Head coach Allison Montgomery talks about the impact Graff has had on the program through just two seasons. What leadership does she bring to the table? Cause she was only a sophomore last year and she was seemed like such a strong leader and willing to take over the game when, when needed down the stretch, right? Yes, she is uh, a phenomenal leader on the court. She just, you know, what I always say about her is she has an IQ for the game that um, I really honestly haven't coached a player like her before at any level. Um, she just is always one step ahead. She thinks the game, knows the game. So many times when I'm about to communicate something to her, whether it's a play call or um, whatever it might be. And she's already there. Um, so just her IQ, I mean, she's a really talented, skilled player as well. Um, but really her IQ and her ability to think the game is what makes her great. Excellent. And then take us back to when you were recruiting her. Cause she went to South Portland high school here in Maine, uh, South Portland, a basketball powerhouse in Maine, uh, certainly. Uh, so how, how did she first get on your radar and how did you go about uh, convincing her that Bates was the place uh, to come to play uh, basketball and to study? Yeah. Funny story, Aaron, cause it was a long haul. Um, 
so when I first got this job at Bates, um, and I was getting ready to leave my, um, former job, she was one of my first phone calls that summer and she was just a sophomore in high school. So started really, really, really early. And some of that was just, you know, I, from having some roots in Maine and having some connections to basketball in Maine, just kind of started right away with, um, some good players in Maine to kind of start recruiting because that process starts so early. Um, and we certainly have some great schools, um, in Maine and in our conference to compete with. So I started those conversations really early, helping her get familiar with Bates, um, and really followed her career, both through her club program and her high school program. Um, and she's, you know, when you recruit Maine kids, you recruit locally, you have even more of an opportunity to see more live games, um, in, in the high school realm where otherwise really it's mostly club basketball. So able to do both with her, um, and just, yeah, spent a lot of time, <laughs> um, having conversations. And I think that, I mean, I'm a big believer that building those relationships in recruiting just sets you up great for success once they actually get here and you've developed that rapport and that, um, sort of connection and sort of an, an understanding of what's expected, um, before they even get here. But with Megan, it was certainly, um, that, that groundwork was, was laid <laughs> early and often before she got here. And then last season, two particularly memorable games in my mind. One was a win. One was actually a loss. But the yeah. win was the game against Colby, the, the game against Colby at Alumni Gym, where she uh, well tied the game at the buzzer and then hit that huge three in overtime. Um, take us through that game and, and, and all the drama with it and how she was so clutch in that one. That game was so memorable because our team was just in a spot like we needed, I mean, you always need to win, but like we needed to, we needed some success that day. Um, and coming down the stretch, like I think there was six seconds left and we were down four um, and we had the ball on our sideline and we had a timeout and I always think we're going to win. Like I'm never sort of focused on a bad outcome. You know, even if we're down 20 and there's five minutes left, like I'm still focused in the moment. But as we're preparing in that timeout, it's sort of like, geez, like six seconds down four to get two possessions and a stop out of that seems like, right? Like any person who knows the game is like, oh, geez, this is, this is quite, a, quite a mountain to climb. Um, but I just remember looking around the team in that, in that um, timeout and being like, holy crap, like they think we're going to win this. And, you know, we ran, executed the play great. Meg laid it in. Um, Colby advanced the ball. So we had to get a stop and a score with just like four seconds left. We got a five second call, just like great team defense, didn't allow the, in, the entry pass. And then we couldn't advance because we didn't have any timeouts left. So Megan kind of, we, you know, we didn't have timeout, so we didn't have a chance to talk about it. And Meg's looking at me and I said, you got to get the ball and go to the hoop. Like you got to draw a foul. You got to do something and down the left side of the court and laid one in at the buzzer. Um, and then, you know, hit a big three and got an and one, you know, cause then at the end of overtime, it also looked like, you know, we were in a hole again. So just real, like great team effort. Definitely Megan led that charge in terms of like, just not accepting a loss, like literally willing that win. So that was really cool and really memorable. And then later in the year, the other game I was referencing, she actually broke the program record for points in one game with 45 on 13 to 26 shooting against Williams. Williams somehow ended up actually winning that game, but Megan's, I mean, that individual performance is one, one of the greatest in, in Bates women's basketball history, right? Incredible. Unconscious. Like, 
And every time we would sort of get in a little hole, like, ooh, Downey, we couldn't quite get a score. Like she would just make an incredible shot. And the thing that was so cool about that performance is, you know, the previous record she broke, I think it was like 40 or 42 points that was set before, but this was against a conference opponent. Yeah. And one of the best defenders in the league um, was guarding her. So, um, you know, and, and she's always, as our leading scorer, people are always keyed in on defending her and defending her well. So um, to get for that feat, like that was especially impressive and the way she just carried us. I mean, when you have a game when the officials are walking over to you and saying, Megan is unconscious, like she can't miss right now. You're like, <laughs> you know, everyone's noticing. So, so bummed that we couldn't quite pull out that win to celebrate her performance as much as we wanted to. Um, but just classic Megan after that win, you know, I said something like that to her and she just said, I don't care about that. Like, I'm just so pissed. We didn't win, um, that there's no chance we're not winning tomorrow. So just, you know, such a competitor and definitely team first in that way. And then for the women's basketball program, obviously we don't know the stats of winter sports right now. Um, what, what's been your approach kind of, um, this fall going forward here with the team? Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. It's a, it's a tough line to walk to obviously want to be um, supportive of all the sort of in the, the, just everything that's up in the air and wanting to support athletes the best way we can through that. We've done our best to just really focus on um, we're preparing for something. So whether it's like a, a different kind of season this year, whether it's preparing for next season um, we only have one senior on our squad right now. So she's kind of in a, in different shoes, but a phenomenal leader and so invested um, that she's helping us with that, with that mission as well. But um, I think we're just looking at it like this could be a time where a lot of programs suffer some setbacks or don't get better or um, maybe have some challenges with chemistry with like teams being split up or whatever it might be. This could be a year for setbacks. And our attitude is like, this is a time for us to get, to get a step. Um, so I think we're just trying to look at it like that, like this in a lot of ways is really hard and it stinks. And we're trying not to focus on, are we going to have a season? Are we not? But instead, like, how can we get better and prepare ourselves for what's next? Whatever that is, um, whether it's a season this year or um, next year. So. And you do have a number of players who still have a few more years to go, including, including Megan, which must be nice yeah. to know, right? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's, it's certainly tough to think about any opportunity lost um, for any of our players, but yeah, I think it is exciting to think we have, you know, we have a good, good squad returning and, and just thinking about trying to build on, on everything um, from our culture to our performance. Great. Well, any other thoughts on Megan's, you know, outstanding sophomore year following up a great rookie season as well? Yeah. You know, the sophomore year is always interesting. It can kind of be a weird tweener year um, for both athletes and just students in general. So you know, I think Megan coming into her sophomore year felt a little of that pressure, sort of like, wow, I just came off a great freshman season. But I think a lot of freshmen can feel like there's not a ton of pressure. As much as Megan was um, put in a position to carry our team a lot, even in her freshman year, um, with her point guard minutes and just a lot of minutes um, on the court, I think still it, it's like, oh, you're a freshman and you don't really think about those expectations. I think returning as a sophomore, she was definitely feeling that pressure. Um, and I think, you know, kind of wondering, like, can I, like, you know, be even better? Now people really know who I am. Now people are preparing for me. And I, she more than rose to that occasion. I think she's just such a competitor 
um, and can be, and she's just so in the moment, um, when she's competing, whether it's practice or games. So that really took over and she just, um, yeah, found a way to get even better and to grow even more as a leader and a player. So, um, exciting to think, um, that she has two more years to do that. Men's basketball's Jeff Spellman is the male athlete of the year. Like Graf, he was a second team all NESCAC selection. Spellman played his best in conference play averaging 17.6 points per game in NESCAC action. Spellman graduates having scored 1,242 points, the 13th most in Bates men's basketball history. Well, our male athlete of the year is Jeff Spellman, who just graduated this past spring, and Jeff has joined us on the phone here to talk about his career at Bates. First of all, Jeff, what does it mean to you to you know, be named the male athlete of the year for what you were able to accomplish your, your senior season there, and really also you know, your entire career at Bates and how it came together? It's, it's obviously a, it's an honor. I can't say it's uh, something I really expected. Um, kind of my biggest critic, but it goes without saying it's, it's, it's an honor and um, really appreciative I was able to be named that. Certainly. And, and take us back, because I know John Furbo going to talk a little bit about this when we talk to him, but um, when you were being recruited to Bates, it was kind of, um, you went to a different college for a few weeks or a few days possibly, yeah. and then decided it wasn't for you and came to Bates. So how did that process all go down? Take us back then. <laughs> uh, well, how much time you got? No, I'll give you a quick rundown here. But uh, <laughs> I basically, I, I kind of had a crazy recruiting experience and uh, found myself at Stonehill College uh, in Massachusetts and just realized it wasn't really the best fit for me. I don't know if I was mature enough <laughs> to be in college at the time um, and kind of saw – an opportunity at Bates to use basketball to get me into a, you know, a great academic school. And I just decided to pursue it. I had some friends who had uh, gone to Bates and who are currently at Bates. And, you know, I just, I really didn't want to miss that opportunity. So after I left Stonehill, I just kind of, you know, I had an AAU, AAU coach who uh, was very familiar with the NESCAC and, you know, he reached out to, Coach Furbush and me and him kind of just got in touch, and uh, the rest is history, I guess. I understand your official visit was that Trinity game. I did not know this. The Trinity game where the, the kid on Trinity broke the backboard before the game. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember about that? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was, that was my first time at Bates. I was, <laughs> I, you know, I was a little nervous, so I got up there, I got up there early. So I was sitting in alumni like an hour before the game started, before anyone even came out to warm up. So I'm sitting there for an hour. I don't even know where Coach Ferber is. I'm just kind of on my own. My parents aren't even with me. It's just me. And finally, everyone comes out to warm up. And I'm like, all right, here we go. I finally get to see it. It looks like it's a good, a good environment, good atmosphere and whatnot. And I just hear something sad. I look down the other end, and the backboard just completely blew up. <laughs> and I had no idea. I've never even seen that. And it's just like my, my, you know, like my first official dates, and this is what happens. So – I'm just sitting there for like another two hours trying to figure out what's going on. You know, you can tell Coach Furbush is in an uncomfortable position because I'm just sitting there alone. I, I'm, I don't really know what to do, but uh, that's that's definitely a memory I won't forget. For sure. What was it like playing in the alumni gym for four seasons? Uh, I mean, it was awesome. I, I didn't really, you know, obviously it was something I never heard of before. I started talking to Coach Furbush and, you know, base alums and, uh, you know, I saw, like, I think I watched, like, a live stream maybe before I ever got to Bates, and I couldn't really tell what the environment was like. I just saw this kind of old-looking gym with a brick interior, and 
I was, I mean, I, I guess I was just skeptical. And then after playing it for four years, it was, it was you know, definitely the best home court advantage in SCAC. And, you know, if you get, if you get 20 people in there, it sounds like there's 20,000 people in there. So it was definitely a great experience and by far my favorite gym I've ever played in, in my career and just everything about it. I love it. Senior class, really tight group, right, for the men's basketball team. Tell us about that bond yeah, that developed. Yeah, I mean, those guys, Thomas Coyne, Nick Gilpin, Cody Greenalch, you know, they're, they're my best friends. And it's really it's been tough that, you know, it's just not the same. We actually all talked last night, and, you know, it's just we, we, we missed the days. We're reminiscing on when we got to, you know, we just saw each other every day and got to do what we love. And, you know, times are obviously <laughs> – have changed a bit, but we're even, you know, we're still close to the state, so I think that's pretty telling of our relationship. Yeah, I just love those guys. What are you up to right now? I'm, I know you're from Boston originally. You're back in Boston right now. Yeah, yeah. so I guess that's a loaded question. <laughs> but uh, I'm, uh, my plan leaving school was to try to play professionally. Um, you know, I just wasn't sure. I think basketball is just was such a huge part of my life. I couldn't really envision myself not playing. Um, so I think that's kind of was my maybe default answer to, you know, when people asked what my post-grad plans were. Um, and then obviously amidst the, you know, global pandemic, that's, that was made even more difficult. Uh, I know a lot of Americans are struggling to get overseas and play right now and find contracts. Um, but truthfully, Aaron, I haven't really even been pursuing it. I, you know, I, I just, the prospect of packing up and, moving to another country alone and, uh, you know, leaving everything and everyone behind just doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't really appeal to me right now. So I've just been kind of, uh, I took some time to kind of figure that out. It wasn't like an immediate decision. And I, uh, you know, I've just been on the job search. It's kind of difficult right now, you know, given everything that's going on. But who knows, maybe basketball comes back into my life at some point. You know, maybe I'll take the year and kind of reevaluate going into Next summer, if, uh, you know, maybe basketball is still something I want to pursue in terms of my playing career. But, yeah, that's where, I, that's where I'm at. Looking back on your senior year at Bates, there's some memorable games. Uh, what were some of the most memorable for you? Maybe not just even senior year, but your entire career. Some ones that you won't forget, you know, 10 years from now. I mean, the two that come to mind are both senior year games. You know, obviously our, our win at Middlebury, Nick Gilpin hitting that shot, and also just having an amazing game. I won't ever forget that, just that whole experience. And then our last game of our career, you know, we go up to Colby and play in the most exciting environment we've, you know, we ever, we've ever played in our four years. And, you know, it wasn't the outcome we wanted, but can you ask for really a better game? Like the last game of our career, I won't ever forget that. And like the pain, like the pain doesn't really go away from that loss, but just the, just us being out there in like a hostile environment just felt very uh, representative of our whole Bates basketball career, to be honest. Well, you guys had some battles with Colby and Bowden through the years, didn't you? I mean, yeah. yeah, obviously. I mean, that's that's to be expected, right? But uh, you know, I mean, there's so there's so many there's so many games, but they kind of just you know, honestly, the the things I remember remember most from my time at Bates is just you know the friendships and the camaraderie we formed and the brotherhood formed. It's not really you know individual performances. Obviously, it's not uh, wins or losses. It's just being out there together and you know. That's really what I'll remember most. Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share? I mean, Mail After the Year, congratulations again. But anything else you wanted to mention that we haven't got to talk about? Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to receive the uh, the award. And, you know, I just – I hope that our 
the current seniors get to have some sort of uh, season this year. I know it's very confusing. I think uh, when we left, our senior class kind of felt like we got a raw deal, but looking looking back, it kind of seems like we may be the lucky ones. I don't even know if those guys will get a season this year. But, you know, I just hope our, our senior class continues to lead. Like, I know they have been, and I know they will continue to. Um, you just got to keep making sure that our culture stays where it has been, and we just continue to work hard as a unit. And, you know, I'm still looking forward to watching every minute of the base basketball in the future. Head coach John Furbush talks more about Spellman's achievements as a Bobcat. His development over the course of four years was something that I was really impressed with because he came in on day one as such a talented player, uh, you know, had multiple scholarship offers. Um, so, I, you know, I, I just thought there was a little bit of a ceiling from his, you know, physical standpoint. But um, each year he got, you know, significantly more talented. He was in better shape, um, which which I think also played a, a pretty big impact on his leadership is that, you know, he saw the the development of the work that he put in over the course of four years. And so he was really um, able to encourage younger guys in their development as well, because uh, you know, he had the results of, of the work that he put in. So and it really helps when your best player is also your hardest worker in practice and in the off season. Um, so uh, I just thought his maturity over the course of four years was really impressive. And, and obviously anybody that, you know, um, has the DNA that Jeff has. I mean, there's a lot of things he did that I can't teach. And so uh, he made me look a lot better, uh, uh, better coach at times when I really wasn't doing a whole lot besides giving him the basketball. I'm curious, you, you mentioned the scholarship offers. What was that recruiting process like with Jeff? His recruiting was, uh, was really unique. You know, I saw, I saw him first play. He played for a, a, an AAU team called the New England, New England Players, and they had um, you know, just loads of Division One athletes. And I saw him as a sophomore in high school playing against an AAU team from Maine. And he just made, he made some kids just look terrible. You know, he, he was really, really talented. And, and so I, I looked at him like, yeah, we're going to keep him in our database, but he's too good. He's going to get so many offers. And I just thought like, it's such a long shot. And so he's just somebody who I just periodically would, would have kept in touch with and just say, Hey, you know, just thinking about you. And, um, and then when he got hurt in his junior year of high school, his, his recruiting kind of fell off a little bit. And, you know, Jeff's kind of an introverted kid. And so I think a lot of times, you know, coaches probably struggled to get much information out of him. But I was just kind of always there just checking in. And, and, and he went to Stonehill initially for about three days um, and left campus. And then I remember he came up actually for our Trinity home game um, that year when uh, a, a Trinity player actually shattered our backboard in warm-ups. That's right. And, I remember that game. Yeah. And that was Jeff's like official visit. And, and it ended up being this like, you know, bloodbath of, you know, it was like 50 fouls in the game. It was just a, a really gross game. And he was so intrigued by it that he, you know, decided to come here. And so um, it, it, to be honest with you, I, I, I think I, I didn't spend a ton of time recruiting him. He just kind of fell in my lap in some ways. You know, I just, I was just that coach that would just check in with him randomly, you know, Hey, division three backups, high academics. And, I think it helped too that his co his father was a college coach for for quite a long time, and so um, I think he knew the value of the the education and the league that we play in. So um, it was a great get, a really great get, and we're, I I feel fortunate to have coached him. Seems like he really bonded with his fellow seniors over the years, Cody, Nick, and and Tom. Talk a little about how that relationship kind of developed between him and the other three seniors he graduated with. They have a, an unbelievable bond, and and actually I was just texting them last night because. Uh, 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 our, our, the, 
the alumni gym was was open for the first time for you know a few people at a, at a time to shoot shoot hoops and and so I just you know once that happened I just started thinking about all right we got the season coming up and I always make a note to to reach out to the seniors who just graduated and uh, so I just shot him a note said hey thinking about you guys and the uh, the stories and texts that you know came in reply from my original text was just reminding me of how close these guys are even though they're all in different areas of the country now they're all living different lives. Uh, but they had an, a really special bond that I think anybody who played with them, even the seniors when they were freshmen and then the freshmen when they were seniors, you know, there's just a seven-year gap of people that know those four guys are really tight. Um, and, and Jeff was instrumental in making sure that Cody uh, tried, came out for basketball as a sophomore. You know, he, didn't, he played football as freshman. He's, he was intending to play both, but he got a concussion in football, so that kind of left him – sort of out of the picture for basketball as a first year. And then he played um, uh, some spring pickup with the guys once he was cleared. And, and I remember Jeff being like, hey, coach, I don't know if you know much about this kid, Cody, but it'd probably be a good idea if we found a way to get him on the roster. And, and so then, he, you know, he tried out and I'm like, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be on this. He's probably going to play <laughs> right away. So, but yeah, their, their bond was really unique. And I, I think every group I've had, they, they have an element like that, but theirs is a little bit, more special than, I, than I've had in years past. So, uh, I did, again, just four great guys I feel blessed to have coached. And are there any, like, games in particular involving Jeff that really stand out that, off the top of your head, kind of? Yeah, I think the, the first one that I, I – is really his coming out party was uh, it, we were at NYU in a tournament his freshman year. And so he was – he rolled his ankle, um, you know, right before the, the first game of his first year. So he missed, like, the first six games. And – you know, everybody was kind of all excited. Oh, the Spellman kids at Bates, you know, there were a lot of eyes on us. And, you know, he didn't play for a while. And so I think some people were like, man, he must be in the doghouse. I thought he was pretty good. And I was like, no, he's just hurt. Um, but he came out against, um, it was Farmingdale State. And and I, and I was just like, wow, okay, this, is, this was a, a really great get. You know, he had like 10, 12 points in limited minutes coming back from an injury. But what he did in a short period of time was just like very loud. And, um, and then, you know, anytime we played in the Boston area, there was something about it. He just, maybe he had a bigger fan base down there, but I mean, at Brandeis, this is where, uh, his nickname El Jefe came to fruition from, uh, Jerome Darling, uh, who's a class of 2017. Jeff just kind of went bananas in the game, you know, scored 18, 20 points and they were all in really critical moments. And, uh, and, and, Jerome just started calling him that in the middle of the game. I don't know why, and, and, but it's stuck ever since then. And so those were two of the games that really stuck out. But I, I just think every, every big moment I had to, to call play, um, I always went to Jeff. You know, he, he was for four years somebody that, you know, there were times when I'm like, man, we got a hot hand. I could go to Coin. I could go to Cody. But I just had so much faith and trust in Jeff that um, I was giving him the ball in the biggest moments. It did seem like he had to battle through some injuries at various points in time, maybe play through injuries at, at times. I mean, what, well, did he have to change his game at all, you know, over the four years kind of? Yeah, a little bit. I think, um, you know, cause he's older, he's not, he's not a traditional, you know, 22 year old that graduated from college. He's a little bit older. And so I think, you know, he had a few more miles on his legs than, than most college athletes did. Um, and, you know, early on in his, in his career, I think it was like, you got to prove yourself. So he's going really hard and, and he's probably doing a lot more um, work than necessary. 
But by the time he was a senior, yeah, he, he uh, I mean, he was living in the training room. He was taking advantage of Ben Walker, who's just a phenomenal athletic trainer. And, um, you know, Jeff won every sprint this year in practice. And we didn't do a ton of just straight out sprints, but he, uh, he was taking such good care of his body that, um, you know, that really elevated his game and his longevity for the season. I, I didn't feel at any point in February that Jeff was worn down. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with his rest, his nutrition, um, and just, you know, just, again, going back to maturity, like experience is the best teacher. And I think he learned in his first three years that what he was doing maybe wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't able to perfect what he wanted to perfect on the court while still playing very good. Uh, so it all came together his senior year. And I think he, he, you know, it didn't really necessarily change his game, but I think he was able to shoot the three, comfortably pull up at the elbow and get to the rim more consistently, whereas I thought he was a little bit more three or to the rim in his first couple of years. Great. Well, any other thoughts on Jeff being the, the male athlete of the year? Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm completely biased, but I think he's very deserving of it. And statistically I have not coached a player in my 12 years that um, averaged the, the numbers he averaged in NESCAC play. Um, you know, he was over 50% from the field, 40% from three. I, I don't have the free throw percentage off the top of my head, but you know, for somebody that drew as, as much attention as anyone I've ever coached from the, the opposing team's best defender, I mean, he really thrived statistically in the biggest moments, uh, more so than any other player I've coached. And so, you know, just really proud of all that he did. I know that, that coming to Bates for him was probably, in his mind, a stretch academically, but uh, I thought he did an incredible job just staying the course and committing to, to what he signed up for. And um, just really proud of him for, for all he accomplished, both, both on and off the court. Well, yeah, he's studio art major, right? So he, he, creative side to him as well, right? Very creative. And, and I, I think whatever path he takes in life and, and uh, really commits to, he's going to have a ton of success because while he is a, a pretty quiet guy, when you get to know him, he's, he's actually not that quiet. And I think everything he's going to do, uh, he's, he's fully committed to. You know, he's somebody that when he goes in, he's all in. And um, I think once he finds that passion for himself, he's going to have a ton of success. Congrats to all the award winners, and once again, we hope everyone registers and checks out all the exciting Back at Bates content available live and on demand this weekend. Catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast.